Okay. So, today on Drunk Words, Sober Thoughts. Title is, I used to be a stripper. Catchy, right? Because it's my first title. I want to get you guys' attention. Which, yes, it's true. I used to be a stripper for five years. Um, it all started when I was in college doing studying for business. Um, and six months into my college, the one of my friends that became my friends was comfortable enough to tell me she was a stripper. Of course, I didn't believe her because, you know, you judge a book by its cover and that's exactly what I did, which is not what I ever wanted to do, but I did. And I honestly thought she was going to be a waitress. She told me... She told me she was going to be there on a Tuesday for me to show up on the following Tuesday at a certain time and ask for a tour just just that because I'm interested and she referred me as her aka dancer name so I did that I went and they gave me a tour inside the club and when I saw her, I swear, I didn't believe that it was her. Like, she looked totally different. But the way I noticed her was by her hair and her eyes. But it tripped me out. It tripped me the fuck out. And I got the job, obviously, because I was down. I was 23, and I was down. And the only reason she felt free to share this with me at school was because I had shared with her that my, you know, I was trying to fix my mom's papers, get her name straight, you know, get her citizenship, and she got a letter of deportation, obviously, voluntarily, to leave the country eight months within, and if those eight months after she's still here, or, you know, they just come and get you, you see those random crazy videos in the Hispanic news or YouTube and it gets it's it's really intense and well obviously she didn't want that I didn't want that and once I told her about it I guess that's when she felt comfortable telling me that she wanted to tell me this and obviously she knew my situation because I already had one kid and I was in an on and off relationship with his dad and he was a baby and my mom was helping me go to school but she I luckily you know finished college before she took off like one like a year and a half before she took off but she told me like towards the last year after we graduated cuz we kept contact Oh no 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 hold on I'm sorry It's 2013 we're about to graduate soon. But she told me. It was like right at that period when she finally told me. Sorry, I'm I got mom duties. But anyways. She told me and I felt uh, like I didn't believe her. But at the same time, like I believed her because like she's not going to tell me for no reason, you know. 
So when I went, it took me seriously. And then I saw her in there. Took me like two glimpses to look at her, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she was not lying. Like she's a dancer. I I I seriously thought she was like a bartender or a waitress. I would never think she'd be a, a stripper. And I was a little, you know, scared. So before that, I had already jumped into buying on Amazon. A, so stripper shoes like the basic see-through plastic ones and six inch and a half I think of course my size but I have big foot size which I don't like to reveal because I have big foot but um so I had already like I, I really knew I was gonna push myself through this because it's like no matter what I already know you have to be naked you have to you know, go in all the way or out, you know? So I figured I'm going to do this because, I mean, at this point, I have a kid. And I couldn't really rely on his dad, my ex, and then again, on and off, boyfriend. Because until this day, I'm just saying, I'm not talking shit, but it's the truth. He's a mom's boy. And he depends on his mom a lot. And that's also his mom's fault for relying on her kids too much so I'm just summing that up and I don't have siblings I don't have the support system he has so it's different for me so I have to be on my feet I have to I mean yes I have some relatives but it's like they have kids of their own it's like I don't want to be adopted and to be feel like like they have to have responsibility in me when I know like I can do it at this point I know what I have to do so yes I didn't feel like I could rely on him and I don't want to rely on his mom because that's not his job not that's not her job that's his job as a father to to take care of their, their kid and I'm leaving soon I had a and my, my my friend telling me the truth, and I showed up, and it was too blue. So she was saying, I decided to go for it and try it. And I even told him because, you know, he's the son of my dad, the father, and I, I, he's the father of my kid, and I know that from that moment on, he deserves to know the truth because it was uh, us were wasn't set, the deal wasn't set, so. At that point, I figured, I have to tell him. I'm going to tell him. And I told him. I'm going to try this out. And if I like it, I'm going to stay. If I don't, I don't. And me staying there for so long or not even, like, the day. And neither do I. Honestly, I was scared shitless my first day. I was so scared because I've never been in that type of scenario ever in my life. And I remember asking her the day before school because, you know, she's like, wear something nice, something, you know, lingerie with, you know, sparkly jewelry. Obviously, it doesn't have to be real, but just sparkly jewelry, necklace, earrings, whatever you can wear, and your heels and your hair done. Obviously, I did my makeup and all that, what she wanted me to, like, what I thought, you know, 
And I lied to him. I remember lying to my mom saying I got an office job and saying that I got hold of my son's old daycare teacher because before then, before the year before that, uh, the government was paying for it while I worked. But I don't know what happened a year after. It just canceled out. But she said she was willing to work with me as long as I gave her 100 a week. And I figured I still had some of my income tax money. I stretched it out. I told her, okay, I'll give you a hundred as soon as the first week, as soon as you pick him up. And I also lied to her saying I got a office job. And I, I think I remember it was like supposedly working for Kaiser Permanente, but that was obviously not true. And I feel really bad, but I feel like I did what I had to do. Because in that moment, I feel like, obviously, even if you told someone your problems, or they're going to be like, oh, I feel bad for you, but, oh, I wish I could help you, but I really can. And it just saved that whole little conversation. So I really just say, like, I need you guys to help me. Um, You'll help me. I'll give you this. I'll agree with you and just, you know, get this going. And that's exactly what I did. And... So I gave her the 100 bucks for the first week. And it also didn't feel like I was, you know, making him cry because he, he already knew her. So as soon as I, you know, she came by in the mornings to pick him up, took him to her car. And then from there, jumped onto two buses, you know, one, two buses the the first two months to, yeah, two months. And then I saved up for my first car, bought that car for my another college girl and and from then on um I then I rented a bedroom from one of the girls I made friend really close friends with at the club at the ship club and and she luckily happened to live like a street literally a street away from my then boyfriend's house mom's house so I think I only spent I seriously spent only two nights with her but I did pay her three months rent and then I mostly spent it with him right after work like it felt like it was it was going okay you know after my mom left it was very it was a little hard like the first week I felt like first two weeks basically I felt very sad and bummed cause like it was like a a hit and miss in my head where like I felt like my mom I kept thinking my mom was like down the street a few hours away from me and I could just go see her but I knew the reality is that she wasn't there she moved and, and and then you know the reality set in after that once I, if I was once I was alone where <clears throat> I thought, Oh my god, like what if you know, her court obviously her court order is coming in, but what if they deny it and she can't come back and of course you can still make life over there, but it's like that's not what she wants and and in my head it's like well she's not gonna get to see her grandson or or future grandkids you know 
and it just it just it just got to me because I also thought about the past I thought about how we weren't like the best mother and daughter relationship as kids as me as a kid in the past because I thought about you know she got really low <clears throat> low maintenance of raising a kid and I remember her telling me I was three to four. I remember her telling me like face to face, you know, in like alone conversations where she'd be telling me I didn't ever want to have a kid. I don't want to have a kid. I love you. You're my daughter, but I don't, I didn't ever ask to have a kid, but here you are. But I'm just letting you know, I never wanted a kid. And your dad is not coming for you and he's not coming back. And for her to tell me everything of all that, and she told me repeatedly as I got older, it hurt because, yeah, to step out of that. And it's like, that's, ouch, that's, that's drastic, that's major, that's very hurtful for a little kid to hear that, you know? And... So today on Drunk Words, Sober Thoughts, uh, I I got left off where my mom had told me, and I had shared this with you guys, how she told me various times as as I got older that she didn't wish to have kids, and she acknowledged, you know, she had me, so on, and then, you know, so I'm going to continue from that forward on. Yes, you know, that's very hurtful for a kid to hear. And that had a big impact, you know, on my head as I got older. And that was never going to go away. That Those few intense conversations I had with her were never going to go away. And they still haven't, but they don't affect me at a great deal now as they do then, if anything. Yeah, it's it's like one of those lessons in life where you feel like, you know, you're you're learning from it, you know. But from the when you hear it fresh, you don't feel that way. You just you just you just feel what you're feeling in the moment, like a like a fucking knife stabbing you right through your heart. You're like, ouch, you know. Like that's the first reaction you're gonna get for the first time, and then after that, you just you know you go over it over in your head and. You just basically take notes and you realize, okay, it happened, but you're learning from it, you know. And you either be better or just to stay there, you know. Like, I don't, what could I say? So, from then on, you know, like, that was one of those th- voices in my mind when obviously made myself push through this whole stripping thing because it's like I thought about you know those moments I had with her and a lot of them weren't beautiful and they were very negative and very deep or sad or you know maybe get angry and all those memories that had a big impact in my head made me want to just even go for it even more like okay well I obviously I do have some options like yeah, I could 
living on homeless shelters, but that's not what I want for my kid, you know? Like, if, obviously, if I'm going to have to opt for, like, you know, sell my soul to the devil, then I'd rather sell my soul to the devil. And, you know, I have a kid already. I would rather have my kid have a better life at this point than me. And I'm just, re- I'm doing that because at least I have a strong mind to think that to make me want to do what I never wanted to do in the first place. And so, yeah, so I ended up staying at the strip club. I ended up, you know, like the, the, the first day I tried it out, I I made a, a few, like four lap dances. So I I ended up taking home $80. I could have taken more that day, but, um, when you're new, you take whatever you made it the first day, you could take it home with you. But, you know, most girls are terrified. Some girls don't even do a dance. Some girls just try to do the stage thing. And then if they have tips, they take the tips, you know. And it's okay because it's like, it feels like you're a virgin all over again. Because it's like, you're only used to, if you're going to share your body, you're going to share it with only one person, you know, face to face. And then that's the only person that's going to see you naked. But... It's terrifying when you have to go on stage and you're like, oh my god, everyone's going to see me, like my body, strangers. And it's like, seriously, feels like all over again. And, and you're, it's just trembling in the inside and the outside it shows. And so I was saying, so I ended up trying to, I did two dances at the time. I did, I took home $80 that night because it was afternoon because it was my first time, my first day. And I could have done probably, I think, two or three VIPs, I remembered, you know, but I wasn't ready for it. Like, yeah, the money was awesome. I probably could have taken home a thousand bucks that day, but I was so scared and terrified. Like, that was enough for me. Like, enough to be already naked and, you know, shake my booty for someone. It's like, no, no, no. Like, that's like, you know, baby steps. (laughs) So... Yeah, I know it's going to be nerve-wracking, but I figured, okay, you know, I'll get over it. I mean, I was totally wasn't used to seeing other girls being naked, okay, with me in the same dressing room. And I just, like, made sure, like, you know, my eyes wanted to pop, but I'm like, okay, they all seem normal. Like, it's just, like, a regular thing, and it, that's how I should feel. But I'm not used to being surrounded by so many naked women, especially that I think, like, yeah, they're beautiful, like, but I'm not gay, but I admire them, but I also feel, like, intimidated at the same time, because it's, like, wow, they, some of them have more curves than me, and not in a bad way, like, in a beautiful way, and I just, like, I looked at myself, and I felt like a freshman all over again, you know, and I acted cool, tried to act cool, you know, just keep staying on my toes, they changed, you know, my first two weeks, and I think after yeah third fourth week it was just it just came natural to me we're like okay you know everyone's titties around showing and it's just just you know gotta put your bikini on and whatever. But then there'd be times where like there's things that would pop out and you'd see like a girl doing her bikini wax in front of you right before they open the club and. Uh, some girls would just call her out on it, like, oh, girl, like, what are you doing? Like, your lips are red and swollen as fuck, you know? And to me, it'd be like, oh, my God, like, in my head, I look, and then I look away, and I flinch, and it's like, oh, God, like, I don't, I wish I never saw that, you know? 
But it happened. Shit like that shit happened all the time. It was so weird at first. But then after a few times, it just to me, we just laughed. Like, just laughed it off. It was just laughter the whole time. And, and there'd be other times where, you know, you see girls come in. And, like, in my first two weeks, uh, like... I I was still going to the club straight, like, because I had, you know, I had college later on, like, from, you know, 6 p.m. to 10 o'clock at night. So, as soon, you know, I'd get off, I'd go to the club at 10 in the morning, get get out by close to 6, 7, 30 p.m. to go to college. And by that time, it'd be like, um... You know, just like you start seeing crazy things happening, like around you know, you start getting to know the dancers, their personalities, and you start seeing weird things. Which, but you know, like you warn, I warn myself, like this is gonna be natural to me and normal, and and within less than a month because obviously shit happens, life happens, and I honestly felt like most of the time that I worked there the beginning of the month I felt like I was the on the Jerry Springer show like when there was that one time where I saw a drama for a dumb boy or a fuck boy and girls could be manipulated but it's like dude your shit is not gonna be bought for that long we all know you're a hoe like that's the truth right <laughs> so I remember like seeing boy trouble with other girls like they would have their you know their firstborn or two first twoborns baby daddy drama and then they have their fuck boy on the side and then they have another fuck boy after that one and it's like wow how can you juggle this three or even six at a time it's like that's ridiculous to me or if they're just have, and then I saw other girls where they would just deal with the one dude from their kids, you know. But it's like, it's like I get he's a good guy, but then again, like why is he dropping you off in your own car that you purchased, and he's still a no one? Like he's he hasn't tried to even get a job, not even a part time job, because I get you have kids, but like if he doesn't have no job, and you're letting him, and he's letting you make all the dough based on that one job and and at that point in my head it's like it doesn't even matter if she was a stripper but if she was like working at like any fast food place any any minimum wage job you know she would take two shifts just for him to stay at home with the kids and then let her get dropped off with by her own car while he drove it anywhere and it's like to me that would get to me that would be oh hell no I could not do that I could not let that happen to myself like I would rather have him deal with his issues with his own parents and deal with him on the side somehow. And eventually I know it's not going to work out based on the evidence that I've seen in my own, you know, face-to-face shit with my friends and my coworkers. From then on, I already knew, like, within less than a month, it's obviously not going to work with that one guy, so... And I already knew I got my hair. I got myself here in the first place because my mom is not gonna take care of us for that long. You know, I'm not, or I'm not gonna go fifty-fifty with her on the rent no more because I can't afford to live in Whittier with her. 
and I figured it's not going to be a successful relationship and an ending with that man. So it's like, at that point, I already knew what I got to do. And at that point, from then on, it was a little weird because... I still kind of went to work straight. I well, went to work. I always liked to smoke pot, but I didn't know you could smoke pot at the club. So when I would go to the club the first month, I would just go try to make my hustle, my tips, and then bounce to college and then, you know, do it all over again the next day. You know, basically four, some, four days or sometimes the whole week while I was going to school. And in the weekends, have him off because you know he was a he was a toddler, and you know I wanted to take him out, spoil him, and that was the upside to it that I could you know take him anywhere, and that made it easier. It made me feel like okay, you know everything is gonna be okay. And when that day, I remember the last day. That my mom was gonna be like in Weeder, and I hadn't. I was having problems with my first car that I bought, so I barely couldn't really drive it, cause I had to get the something with the front of the motor, the mounts, get them replaced, and it's gonna cost a lot. And she told me, "I'm gonna give you my car, which was like a Honda, a white Honda Civic, two thousand two." Um. So I'm going to give it to you, you know. She told me ahead of time when it's my last day. And on my last day before I give it to you. Because she had already, you know, sent her furniture, you know, th- over there across country to everything. All her all her stuff was mostly over there already. So she was basically sleeping like on a, like a, on the floor with some just bed sheets and, pillow, and pillows. And everything else was just gone. All she gave me was her microwave and a mini refrigerator. And she said, I'm going to give you my car on my last day, but I'm not going to give it to you right away, obviously. She's like, I want to eat one good last American hamburger with you and my grandson. And, you know, spend some time together. And then right when, you know, it has to be dark because she's, you know, she's going to Mexico the next early in the morning. The next day. So she's like, I'm not going to need this car after that. So once the day ends and the sun sets, you could take, you know, you take off with my car. So she ended up picking me up earlier that day. We spent the whole day, like the whole day, you know, morning, I think till like 7 or 8.30 p.m. And I remember it was like the most hardest goodbye in my life. Because I remember even telling her it was, I felt like, I told her, I feel like I'm experiencing 1996 all over again. And she knew what I meant by that. She knew when she had to leave because my grandpa was, you know, dying. And she knew it was going to be a hard time for her to come back because she was an illegal. She was just going to have to sneak back in. And it could. She told. She. I remember her letting me know it was gonna take a while for me to see her, but not not so long. She promised me. And. And I remember when she, when she took off, like. 
for like a almost a year my life turned upside down like even though my mom was you know very low tempered and hit me for any little reason you know which she was off the line but she was still a good nur- a good nurturer she 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 loves to spoil me she obviously showed me love so i miss that and i always miss sleeping next to her and for her to just you know take off and i get it you know her dad's dying and i knowing if she's you know when she's coming back and i know half of me told me what if she doesn't come back and it's not because she wants she doesn't want to but it's because you know the situation of her but I felt at ease that she told me she promised me and I know when she means that she means like she's gonna try no matter what and I believed her and yeah she came through but you know a lot of happen a lot of shit happened before she can't you know I saw her you know like had sexually abused as a kid I got you know I mean I didn't have money but you know dumb fuckers broke in and you know and also tried to either rape me or 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 get killed because like where I was living was not the best places I was going home to home while she was you know gone and obviously seeing a lot of drug use but I don't feel like that part of me yes it made some type of impact in the near future after that but it didn't make a huge impact to the point where like oh you know I'm living, it got to the point where I'm living in the streets. No, no, no. Like, I'm aware that I have good people around me. They, it's not, It might not be consistent, but I believe they do it because, you know, they do it with love. And I don't necessarily have to really try to make myself understand. I don't have to go insane, like, why can't they make this consistent? Because I can't even answer that, and I just decided just, not waste my energy on that. I just feel like when they do, they do, and they try, and I accept it, and that should just keep me going to want to be a better person for the sake of my own insanity. So, with that being said, this is part two of the first part.